Welcome back to the Clever Hybrids Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. Today we're going to be with Israel Garcia Ballesteros. He is the CEO of Startup Links, a connector of startups and VCs in Mexico. So we're going to learn a lot about all this vocabulary that we're hearing that most normal people are like, what are they talking about? So, thank you so much for being here with us, Israel. <laughs> hey, Gabi. Thank you for having us here. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I was so interested in hearing more about this because it seems like you're really breaking down the barriers to startups. A lot of people, they hear startups and they think, oh, that's cool, but we don't even really know what that means. <laughs> so what is a startup, first of all? In my words, my own definition is a startup is trying to solve a really specific problem. You have this problem that you want to solve with solution and you are building your company to be scalable. The way you get scalable most of the time is because of the technology, but it could be also because of your business model, your operational workflow. All right, that's interesting. With that being said, startups from that definition need a lot of help to get started. So with startup links, they're working with VCs, allies, and mentors. Now mentors, we know what that is already. Yeah. But what's the difference between a VC and an ally? Could you explain that? Basically, uh, BC from venture capital, when you invest in startups, you consider that investment as venture capital. As you can invest in stocks or real estate, invest in startups. So you call the capital and you can create a venture capital fund and an ally. In this case, we call them vendors, which are service providers, all the services that a startup could need. All right. So instead of allies, they're more partners. Is that the vibe you're going for? How does that work? Yep. Actually, we want to facilitate or make that connection easier. Your startup, maybe you don't know what's the best option for you trying to find a lawyer or whatever you need. So we want to help you recommend them to you as they offer a special partnership they are building with a startup through us. All right. Very good word of mouth reference. I like it. Now, how did you get this idea? Is that you were working for Valero Ventures for almost four years, and then you decided to branch off on your own. Where did that idea come from? I started working in the startup ecosystem in Valero. My last position was a startup manager, but I started as a trainee. So it was a long way from trainee to startup manager. And I learned a lot, meet a lot of people, a lot of startups. So I thought like, hey, what can we do to help more startups? Because at that time we have an acceleration program. But it was like, okay, we are only investing in 10 startups a year, but I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of good startups out there. 
And right now there are not enough quality programs out there to help that quantity of startups. So it was like, okay, what can we build that can help a lot of startups without being an acceleration program because that is not scalable? Well, how did you get into startups in the first place? I don't know what's going on. They had a lot of engineers that they trained to be an engineer and then they're like, bye. <laughs> so how did you go from engineering to startups? What happened? My personal history, it's kind of the same for most of the people that I know. In my case, I started attending this event where I knew that it was about entrepreneurship, people launching companies and stuff. When I attended this event in Mexico, in Monterrey, it was like, okay, these people is doing really cool stuff. They have their companies, are sharing their experience. So, okay, I want to be part of that. So I fell in love with the ecosystem in one of these events. Someone mentioned Valero. I Googled it, found out that they were looking for a trainee, and it was me. That's how I got into the startup ecosystem. Uh-huh. So the business bug came and bit you. <laughs> That's what happened. For most of the people, it's like that. Like, yeah, I was at this event and someone mentioned this. And for me, it was like, okay, what is that you are talking about? I start doing some research and magic. <laughs> I got to try that pop noise. That's cute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So you've been doing a lot of stuff. You now have a podcast in Spanish, Hacking Investment Rounds LATAM. Which looks really interesting. Yeah. We launched the podcast also in YouTube and Spotify. And as we use Anchor, you can use a lot of stream services. We are shorting the name to just Hacking Rounds. The idea is having these startups that have already fundraised. It's about the last round that they raised with VCs because most of the startups in LATAM, they have never raised money from VCs. So they commit a lot of mistakes. So we want them to avoid those mistakes by hearing other people's stories. Like, hey, this is how it worked for me. Maybe this could work for you. Maybe not. But you are hearing a lot of histories. So you can decide like, okay. This is the way I want to do business. I want to fundraise. I am not creating this from scratch. I know that there's other people out there doing it this way. Hmm. It sounds a lot like what we're doing here with the Clever Hybrid podcast. It's nice to hear other people's stories where they don't give you rules, but they give you principles that you can use. Like we did this, this might work. And then you can put it together and make your own thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. You as a founder, you can create your own knowledge for what you are trying to do mm -hmm. by hearing a lot of stories. That's true. Now, there's a lot of ways to share stories. Why did you and your team choose podcasting? What was the reason behind that? At the very beginning, it wasn't going to be a podcast. It was going to be a live webinar 
we started first as an experiment, like, okay, as this is our first time doing a podcast, there's a lot of things that could be uh, or will be wrong. So let's do this off stream so we can maybe do some additions or cut some parts of the video. Maybe the next episode is going to be even better than this one that we actually just launch it today in the morning. Well, here yeah. in Mexico. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can talk about that. It's Clever Hybrids also helps companies to make their own podcasts just like ours. So we might be able to talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Platforms are out there are tools that we want to test out to see how people react to other tools or dynamics. So, yep, for sure. Yeah, it's been interesting seeing some of the trends like we talked about with Caro last week. More people are using live streams than webinars now. <laughs> so with the live streams, what we've been doing with the podcast, now most of the viewers are in the live stream, either re-watching it later on after we finish recording. Hi, guys. I know you're watching this later. <laughs> <laughs> or they're watching it live right now. Then for the people who maybe they don't know about us yet, then we post it on the podcast directories and YouTube. And with their searching in Google, then they can find us that way. So we're everywhere now. <laughs> it feels good when someone's going to belong to your community. Yeah, that's true. And I know sometimes for the smaller creators, we can get frustrated like, why is no one watching my thing? But there are two quotes that I remember that really helped me. One is one of the founders <laughs> of, of Google. I can't remember which one it was, <laughs> but he said, we didn't want people to see Google until later because then once they saw it, it would be better. That's one of okay. the quotes. The other one is this really cool entrepreneur from Australia, Denise Duffel Thomas. She wrote an awesome book called okay, The Chillpreneur. Okay. You should check that out. <laughs> but her quote is, you should only have maybe 1% growth most of the time because that's all you can handle. Like if you're new and you get 100 clients at the same time, but you don't have all the back-end processes <laughs> to deal with it, yeah. it would probably destroy you. But if you're new and you get five clients, then another five, you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, actually that's true. Right now, for example, we are not working on our growth. We are focusing on finding the best way to engage with the community, with the startups, the mentors, vendors, VCs. Once we feel pretty comfortable with what we are doing about what we know, we are ready to really grow like 20, 30% a month. That will be fun. Yeah, the growth is the fun part. You just have to make sure that you're ready for the boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really interesting feeling like, okay, I just went to sleep and I wake up and now we have 10 users, 10 new users, 100 users more. What's happening here? Yeah, it's exciting. Now, I want to ask you about something that's going on in Mexico that a lot of gringos are not paying attention to, but they should be paying okay. attention. 
<laughs> so Guadalajara is actually part of an area in Mexico called Bajio, which some people are calling the Mexican Silicon Valley. So what's going on in Bajio? Got Guadalajara, Aguascalientes, Mexico City is almost in there. There's a lot of innovation in that small area. What's going on? Here in Mexico, Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Monterrey are the most important cities for startups. In the case of Mexico City, there's a lot of money. Most of the VCs are there, but the city is way complicated. You cannot attend events because the distance, the traffic, the time, blah, blah, blah. But in this case, in Guadalajara, it's like, okay, you are 20 minutes away from this really cool event where you are going to meet a lot of interesting people. So stuff happens faster and that's good for the startup ecosystem in Mexico in general. But answering to the question, there's this phrase like Guadalajara is a Mexican Silicon Valley. It's a good reference. Obviously, we would like to be recognized as an important area, not only for Mexico, but for Latin America. But it's unfair to compare Guadalajara to Silicon Valley. There's a lot of differences, cultural, geographical. But yeah, answering the question again, we have this area in Mexico where people People is starting to get startups younger or with more experience. There are more busy founds. Actually, when I was in Valero, one of the Valero investors was a BC based in Aguascalientes. And they were the only ones in Aguascalientes investing in startups. So right now it's like growing really fast. We could go faster, maybe, as a startup links. We want to be another channel for startups to go faster. And at the same time, we want to push the ecosystem to go faster by, in this case, for example, democratizing networking, democratizing knowledge, making accessible those connections that sometimes seems to be really hard. Like, oh, I've been trying to reach this person by LinkedIn, by Twitter. He or she doesn't answer me. Maybe with the startup links, we will be able to do that. That's the way we think. All right. That's an honest answer. So instead of calling it the Silicon Valley of, I'm getting tired of people doing that. And then they're also like, this is the Elon <laughs> Musk of Africa. I'm like, why can't I just be amazing on my own? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can be recognized maybe as the most important city in Latin for entrepreneurs or in Mexico, but there's no need to say that. This is the X of X. We can create our own identity like, oh, this a really good hoop. If you are trying to maybe build or to fundraise. That's true. It's happening a lot. Before it used to happen to America getting compared to Europe, they'd be like, yeah, Harlem is the Paris of America. And now it's happening to other countries where they're getting compared mm. to America. And we're all just like, Shh, 
<laughs> there's even a book that says Guadalajara is the new Silicon Valley it's like uh. so so yeah <laughs> okay well I apologize I won't say that anymore yeah, yeah don't worry it's okay it's good to share ideas okay I feel better now <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and go into your English journey, Israel, right after this message from our sponsor. So you've been hearing all about startups today, but even if you're not a startup, if you're a small solopreneur like me, or even if you travel a lot between different countries and you're so frustrated with all of these fees for switching currencies, you should try TransferWise. Now, what's TransferWise? TransferWise is a special bank that you can use globally to convert into different currencies and also get paid in different currencies. Say, for example, you have a client who is in the U.S. They pay you in U.S. dollars and you're thinking, oh, if I pay the bank fees, I'm going to lose most of this money. If you use TransferWise, and they'll soon be changing the name to WISE, you'll be able to keep most of it and not have that stress on your client to figure out how to pay you in your currency. So check out this link that we have in the show notes. Check out TransferWise as our affiliate and a recommended resource from Clever Hybrids. But now back to Israel and how English is helping him in his startup. Eventually, we'll have to do stuff in English. I'll reverse pitch with US-based VCs investing in Latin American startups. So that have to be in English. Eventually, we're going to do something with Europe, with Asia, with Africa. So we have to do stuff in English. Right now, we don't have that urgency to do so. But yeah, eventually our platform will be in English. So it can be for everyone in Brazil, maybe in the U.S. and in other parts of the world. All right. So when you say you're going to be working with the other continents, you mentioned Europe, Asia, Africa, is it helping the startups there or working with VCs to help startups in LATAM? As a first step, I'm working with VCs from Europe, Asia, Africa to invest in startups in LATAM. Right now, I know of a couple of startups that have fundraised with European and African VCs. So it's like, okay, you have already done that. How can we, as Startup Links, help those VCs to find other Latin American startups? Because otherwise, that VC will have never known or get to know. So yeah, that's kind of the idea for that specific strategy. All right. And even though this is a future goal, when you do start doing that, what type of English would a founder need to know to communicate with these VCs? What type of level would they need to have? What things would they need to do? For example, in my case, I think that I know 70% of English and that's been working really well. All right. When you say 70% of the language, what are we talking about in terms of having a conversation or writing skills? What were some of the tasks that they would be able to do with that 70%, just to be specific? For example, with 
that level it's like communicating to invite people to events as speakers to create an event in english to send an email to communicate with your teammates to launch a product that specific examples i don't know if that's the answer that you were looking for yeah that's pretty specific you have to be able to express yourself but what about different cultural expectations with Valero you were working with them and now startup links you have some US VCs even though you US and Mexico are very close to each other and they both love guacamole mm -hmm. they are not the same <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the cultural differences that people should be aware of right now we are not working close to us based vcs eventually we will do so but for example from my previous experience in valero it was like really straightforward having conversations like hey i am not going to invest on you because it doesn't work like this maybe in mexico it does but here it doesn't well eventually also like, hey Before you going to fundraise with investors in the US, you should um, watch this video or watch this program. Okay, that sounds like a good idea to have some type of training for that. <laughs> you mentioned democratize a few times, democratize yeah. access. What does that mean to you? What would that look like? A little bit of context here in LATAM, in our experience, seven out of 10 founders are first time founders, like really, really first time founders. This means they have never launched a startup or have never be part of a startup. Mm -hmm. So these founders lack of experience networking knowledge so what happened is they go through an acceleration program maybe they go by their own but they will commit a lot of mistakes and instead of taking them like a year to do something it takes them like two years or three years And it will cost them a lot of money, a lot of effort. So it's like, okay, how can we help you to get connected to a qualified people and have access to a qualified knowledge without you having to go through an acceleration program or spend two years just to learn something that you can learn in one video? So in this case, we have to become this authority that invites people that knows to speak about it. Like, hey, you know this? It's your responsibility to share this with the community. So there's more startups knowing that and doing things right instead of going themselves and commit a lot of mistakes, blah, blah, blah. This is the way to help the ecosystem growth because otherwise, as I mentioned, it's really complicated to get connected. So we want to be that linker, that platform that connects them 
and at the same time highlighting what you should know. All right. Now you're coming up almost on your first year. Congratulations on that. What do you think is the biggest <laughs> thing that you learned this year? <laughs> we have learned a lot about our user. In this case, startups is one of our main users. At the very beginning, we had a lot of hypotheses. Most of them are dead now. Some of them are better shaped or mm -hmm. they are more defined or more detailed. So that is kind of our secret sauce that we know. We've been having this cultural exchange with the whole region. I'm from Mexico, but I've been speaking with people in Colombia, Argentina, Peru, Chile. So their mindset is bigger. They have more vision, more ambitious. So that's something that is, man, we have to think the same. Like, okay, you have a lot of tools, go global. Mexican people or Mexican entrepreneurs should have more vision, like more ambition and not only think about Mexico as a market. We are side by side to the US, so take advantage of that. Yeah, it's true. You mentioned South America, but we don't hear that much about the startup culture in Central America. What's going on there? We have seen um, Startup Chile, which is an accelerator program paid by the government in Chile. We have seen that when the government puts money for that program, it grows faster and VCs get more confident sharing that risk with other entities, in this case, the government. Starblings was invited to do a webinar for a hackathon in Nicaragua. And it was like, okay, interesting. Local governments are getting into the startup ecosystem, trying to do some efforts. But in general, in the region, it is not that clear. I mean, the whole country, like everyone trying to do their own thing. We are just starting to have those experiences. Like, yeah, I'm happy to share with you how it works and what mistakes we commit. So that is starting to happen. That's a topic for a whole podcast too. Hmm, for okay. a whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. We've had a few guests too that they mentioned that they hope that Latin America will end up making something like the, the European Union, where maybe all of the ah, Latin okay, countries okay. will make a group together. Do you think something like that would happen? For this specific question, we actually would like to be that entity that help the countries to get organized. Maybe we will not create a new European Union or something like that, but we want to be like, hey, you don't have to spend money creating something, just come to Startup Links so you can work together, you can meet other organizations, other governments, other VCs. 
Yeah, it would definitely be easier if cross-border trading and cross-border idea pollination was easier. <laughs> so I think you guys are going to be definitely be part of that. I hope so. Yeah, we too. <laughs> now, how big is your team? Is How many people are working with you? We are really, really small. <laughs> like, it's me. <laughs> someone in charge of the product and that's it right now it's just the two of us there's an another partner which is an investor but right now it's just a team of two people in two months maybe one month we will start hiring people and we are really really excited about that Ooh. But yeah, don't be ashamed of being small. We're small too. It's just me and Brooke. She used to do the editing of the podcast, but now she does the social media marketing. Mm -hmm. Hi, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun because you learn a lot. You do a lot of stuff. But yeah, right now we are getting into that moment where we have to hire people to grow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Israel, for your time with us today. We learned a lot about startups. Honestly, it just seemed like this mystery over here. So now it feels a little bit less mysterious. So thank you for that. <laughs> when I speak about startups, it's easier about speaking about other things in English because it, <laughs> this is my daily work. But, but yeah, hopefully it's useful for the audience. Definitely. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We just announced a program called 625255. You might have remembered that we talked to Kato about it last episode. A program where you can go up one level in English at a time with 625 words, 25 verbs, and those 25 verbs in five tenses. So we break it down and help you to be able to make progress. Now, if you'd like to do something with us on that or to create a podcast for your company, just like I have, for your own marketing purposes and to get to know your customers a little bit better, feel free to check out our site, cleverhybrids.com backslash r dash services. And again, that's cleverhybrids.com backslash r dash services. Until next week, optimize through principles, not rules. <laughs> <laughs>